You're listening to Almost Diplomatic, DC-based podcast that discusses geopolitics, national security, a whole bunch of nonsense over beers. And as a disclaimer, the views and comments made during this episode are those of the participants and do not represent any entity that they volunteer with or are employed by. Enjoy! Hey everybody, welcome back to Almost Diplomatic. I'm your host, Ryan Young, and joining me today is... Sean McGuffin. Uh, Colleen Moore. And we're recording on May 27th, 2020. So, uh, guys, welcome back. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us both. Yeah, it's it's been a while. It's been from the before times. Yeah, one of the last ones was nuclear weapons, and we're talking about that again. Yeah, well, we, did the, we did the 2010s episode, uh, oh, yeah. the New Year episode, which was cool. Um... Yeah, we're doing nukes, but before we jump out, kind of like a little COVID update. Um, this week, Arlington and DC are going to be opening back up in phase one, so that's kind of cool. I'll be, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, we'll all be out there, you know, uh, at, at the clubs and, uh, you know, at massage parlors. And, um, you know, I plan to fully explore all of this, and it's going to be great. Yeah. All of the essential businesses we will frequent. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was like, I was walking around because I went and got beer before we did this, and a lot of people weren't wearing masks. I was just like really mad at them, like, "What are you doing? You're making this last longer, you assholes! Please stop! Just, just wear a mask." Or they have it around their neck. I'm like, "What's the point, you asshole? It's not a fashion statement." Either, either that or turn off the five G in your phone, just as effective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> truth. But anyway, like Colleen said, we talk about nukes. But before we jump into that, um, what's everybody drinking? Colleen? So I'm drinking a Yangling because I have some taste, unlike some people on here. Uh, I'm drinking an award-winning beer that you might not have heard of. It's a Pat's Blue Ribbon. Uh, they won a Blue Ribbon, and I think that's all they've ever done, but I'm drinking that. There's only one light beer that's tolerated on this podcast, and we know which one it is, which is Natty Bow. All hail. Why aren't you paying us in Natty Bow to, to be on this podcast then? Like, where's my compensation? Oh, you don't. I mean, you don't deserve any. It's real. I'm here. I'm here. We're, you're, you're here because Colleen is. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but you don't have to say it out loud. <laughs> Just feeling sure. So what I'm Just drinking today? Me. Well, Shinerdy is easy target. Um, I'm drinking um, from Scar City Brewing the Florida Man Double IPA. That's amazing. Wow, that's you. Yeah. Oh, no, here, there's a description written on the can. Unpredictable varieties of hops used in nearly criminal volumes combined to create a bold and citrusy double India IPA, India Pale Ale, brewed to pay tribute to the worst world's worst superhero, Florida Man. And I'm going to put it in my uh, Florida State koozie. That's amazing. <laughs> and I'm going to actually, I have no idea what it tastes like, so I'm going to taste it real quick. Yeah. I'm going to try this PBR and see what I find. Who knows? Some venereal disease. That's good. <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. That's that's like eight percent. That's it doesn't taste like eight hmm. percent. So see how this podcast goes. Your <laughs> 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 weapons. But anyway, yeah, nuclear weapons. So a lot of things that happened last week. You know, I mean, some small things and some big things and some all kinds of fun stuff. So, Colleen, do you want to kind of get get us going with this? Yeah. So a lot of things have happened in the past week. I'm very tired. 
working a lot. Um, so last Thursday, uh, Marshall Billingsley, who is Trump's uh, special envoy for arms control, announced that the U.S. is going to withdraw from the Open Skies Treaty. And essentially that has provided the U.S. and Russia and other signatories, over 30 signatories, um, transparency on military activities. Um, so like flights over each other's uh, countries. And then also in that same announcement, uh, he said that the U.S. is looking into an extension of New START. So New START is the last uh, treaty between the U.S. and Russia on arms control specifically. And that expires in February of 2021. So they're looking into a six-month extension. But their whole reasoning for only a six-month extension instead of a five-year. So uh, Trump and Putin right now can easily extend the treaty for five years just with a simple executive agreement, literally just a signature by the two. Um, but they're saying a six-month or a year possibly extension to give them time to figure out bringing China into the mix, which is just really stupid because it would take so long to bring China into this arms control agreement. And then... <laughs> Uh, the day after that, I thought, you know, the week was over, but it turns out it was not over. Uh, it was announced, the Washington Post published an article that said the Trump administration is considering resuming nuclear testing. Um, so yeah, uh, make, make, Nevada, make Nevada flatter. Yeah, and yeah, that's essentially what the announcement is. <laughs> We haven't tested nuclear weapons since 1992, um, so this would essentially reverse a near-global moratorium on nuclear testing, and yeah, we can get into details about either announcement <laughs> as we want. Well, let's, um, let's, let's, do, let's do the nuclear testing first, because Open Skies can, can, like, like, t- plugs into New START, too, so let's, let's nuclear testing, so like... Has there been a good reason the administration has is, is, is listed this, or they're just kind of like, oh, look, like, we make big boom? I think it's a combination of two things. Um, I think it's honestly just a distraction from coronavirus right now, and I think they wanted something like this for a distraction, but they're also claiming that we need to do this for, like, more information on our nuclear arsenal, and that's just... A complete like it's just stupid because we have all the information we need we actually have more information now under this other kind of system on transparency uh more than we did during our era of nuclear testing and then i think it's just kind of a big dick move that they want um to like counter russia and china but then that's also really stupid because then that's just going to open the door for russia and china to also start nuclear t- like to start nuclear testing and they've accused Russia specifically of violating uh, the comprehensive nuclear test ban treaty but there's literally no evidence to back that up so it's just all of the reasoning is just dumb Sean? Yeah I feel like if I mean as soon as they uh, like Colin told me about this the other day and she was like yeah so we might blow stuff up in Nevada again and I was like wait seriously and after doing a bit more research they essentially want to use it as like a lever to be like oh well you know if you don't sign our treaties or gonna get on board with our you know our angle then we're gonna start nuking nevada which makes lots of sense but there's zero reason why they wouldn't do it themselves 
And I mean, more so, like, I'm just thinking about this, like, from an election standpoint, nuking or uh, testing in Nevada is not popular amongst Nevadans. So, like, even from, like, an electoral strategy of maybe trying to win that state, like, I don't know what the what the angle they have going on right now is. Yeah, it's it's kind of... We'll just be like, look how big and strong we are. Look at nuke weapons. Like, brah, the biggest bomb ever. Like, can't stop us. Won't stop us. I don't know. It's just... It's a... So why do they even? I mean, why do they stop doing nuclear testing? Besides, besides, it's like it's not. There's no. They're not. I mean, what were the actual reasons they wanted to stop doing it in '92? Yeah. So um, it's basically like the humanitarian and environmental consequences of nuclear testing. Um, so we haven't tested even before then um, above ground test, and it was '92 that we stopped the underground test. The only one who has tested nuclear weapons underground has been North Korea since 92. Um, but the U.S. and others haven't since 92. Um, so it's mainly those impacts. I mean, like, downwinders, which is the community of victims that live downwind of the test and like of the testing in, like, Nevada test site. There's so many others across the United States. I mean, they're still suffering from consequences of nuclear testing now. Like, it's... It, it's generations, it lasts generations. So the Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty, um, the US has signed on to, but hasn't ratified. And same with China and Russia has actually ratified it. Um, but then the US, of course, accused it of violating it, but there's no evidence. Um, so it's mostly those con- those uh, consequences, like I said, the, cons- uh, the humanitarian and environmental consequences. And it's kind of become this global norm, of course, other than North Korea, that nuclear testing was just taboo. And it took a while for it to become that norm. But honestly, since the 90s, except for North Korea, um, it's this global norm that that's just not okay because of the consequences of it. Yeah, it just seems like it's just flexing for no reason. And and I feel like if like, let's take what they're saying at face value, that other people are violating it. So why shouldn't we violate it? Let's let's say that's true without any evidence that they haven't provided. Then, you know, do something similar to what was done, say, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, meaning gather enough evidence so that it becomes either maybe not irrefutable, but it's easily assured, or, or at least you can point to something that other countries and the public can gather around. And I'm not saying the solution to that would then be, oh, well, now let's uh, nuke Nevada, because... I don't think Nevada deserves to be nuked that badly. Um, but, you know, if, if you're going to make that case, then show some type of evidence. So that way it's, but but they can't even do that yet. So it kind of, it, it doesn't make any sense off its face. Yeah, it, it just seems like a, a ploy by the administration for like Colleen said, just, you know, hey, hey it's like, we're, one, we're big, strong America too. Don't look at the coronavirus. It's not that bad. Bleach cures all. Um, Maybe this is part of their treatment plan for coronavirus. You just you, if, if, if there's no people, there's no virus. Duh. Well, I mean, like past the Appalachians, who really cares? Well, it's funny because when I <laughs> when I first told Sean about the test, he was like, "Well, where would they do it?" And I was like, "Obviously, on Native American land." Oh, it's like they don't. It, it makes so much sense, though. Like, like, she was half joking, but it made lots of sense. Oh, that 
probably. I was very serious in that, like, no, they're that's definitely where they're looking. His Native American, which was like, well, it's like, um, so I subbed on a contract with Ditra, um, the threat defense threat reduction agency, like years ago, and I would basically do threat assessments and like travel stuff for going to places like Kazakhstan. And I look, look at all the stuff through that. And it's like they they destroy that local population because of the testing they've done over the years. It's it's really just this is nothing okay about it. So it's just like nuclear weapons. Like we know they work. <laughs> you know, it's just like we we got it down pat. I mean, the, the North Koreans are trying to work it out. And theirs theirs kind of sucks, but like you know, that's them, not us. Right. Like any claims, and they haven't made definitive claims about information gathering but like what we have now there's like a separate system we have to see how our weapons work like there's literally no scientific reason to be testing right now and like you said it destroyed so many countries i mean like france tested theirs in algeria you know russia and kazakhstan like french polynesia yeah oh yeah like marshall islands like there's still a dome yeah, there's still a dome of nuclear waste in the Marshall Islands that essentially the U.S. just, like, put this dome over this, like, bat of nuclear waste. and was like, cool, it's solved. And now the dome <laughs> is leaking. It's literally leaking nuclear waste into the Marshall Islands with a bunch of people who never asked for this. And so they're, they're still suffering from, like, cancer, and they're dying, and we can't do this again. Like, we would create a whole new generation a victim of nuclear testing. Well, yeah, I mean, hopefully, he, if, if Trump does it, he'll go to visit them himself. He can use binoculars and use his big, strong eyes to look directly into nuclear blast. Um, I think he would just, like, throw paper towels to them, like he did in Puerto Rico, and just kind of... <laughs> but, I mean, uh, I, I, I... Go ahead, Sean. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, for people that haven't seen this before, yeah, Google Marshall Islands Nuclear Dome. It looks like a James Bond villain evil base. Which it kind of is, but yeah, it, it looked or, If you want to be horrified, Google Kazakhstan nuclear test and you can see what it's done to people. It's like, we, we, it's bad in the US, but like, Jesus, it's so much worse there um, because it was very intentional. Not like, oh, the US is like, oh, accident. We didn't, we totally didn't mean it, wink, wink. But um, could a nuclear test almost be, say, if they did it? Do you think the backlash could be good enough that maybe it wouldn't happen again? It'd be like this one thing, like, okay, we're we're being back on how nukes are terrible. Like they at least have that, that benefit if something they did it. I think I think people would be pretty, pretty pissed off like around the world that it happened. Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, I don't think the possible effects of it are worth it to no, uh, cause that not. outrage. But yeah, I mean, and I think what Sean said about the election in Nevada, like, if this is your strategy for, like, winning states, like, this, that's not going to happen because Nevadans don't want this. And, yeah, so if there is, like, an actual nuclear detonation, people are going to be pissed off, and there might even be more momentum for, like, eliminating these weapons completely. Well, I mean, Trump supporters just be like, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to be radiated for, the, for our dear leader. There are a lot of people who think that, you know, like, my sacrifices are fine for the good of, like, U.S. national security. And, like, it's a ridiculous argument. Oh, it's, it's like, the, it's say the corona stuff, where it's just, like, I, I'm willing to die for the economy. Yeah, like, it's insane. 
Yeah. Well, but, but at the same time, it's, it's always like, I'm willing to say that, but you know, it's not, it's not like someone being like, Oh, well, you know, you need to do it for the good of the country and have a nuclear test somewhere nearby. You're saying that, but I almost guarantee you're not within the possible fallout location of this nuclear test. Now, Hopefully yeah, we, they we would should, do it underground, but maybe, I mean, I feel like they would almost have to at least do it underground, but that still affects people. It's not like that means that there are no consequences. I say we just test in Canada, then there's no problem to the U.S. at all. Colleen? I'm not going <laughs> to respond to that. <laughs> I'm obviously joking for everyone who's listening. <laughs> Colleen, no, 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 no. Ryan has talked many times about wanting to nuke Canada, and I think this is finally... War 1812, out. Sean. War of 1812. I remember. Why don't you? Anti-American piece of shit. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Colleen, what would, you, what would you like to say? <laughs> Anyways. Um, no, because I know like the announcement was super ambiguous, and they're like, we just want to resume nuclear testing. And a lot of us were like, what do you mean resume nuclear testing? Like, Do you want to do above ground? Is it underground? Where do you want to do this? And then <laughs> I don't know the difference. Yeah, so, I mean, above so, ground has a lot no, no. more. Oh. Uh, one, I was joking, but mostly that's like, that's like, when they're asking a question, they're like, well, I don't know. But yes, actually, explain, oh. explain, go to, go to explain it real quick, just so people who don't know, actually. I mean, basically, so the above ground is like the mushroom cloud, you know, vision that people think of when they think of uh, nuclear testing. Great and postcard. So- so that has a lot more direct consequences, um, but even below ground isn't like free of environmental consequences. It still can cause a lot of different effects. Um, so yes, of course, underground testing is better than above ground. Like going back to above ground testing would literally be going back to like the 60s, 70s and just like super widespread consequences. Underground, though, we all, like, I also don't encourage. Um, but they did come out and say today that they are aiming for an underground test at the Nevada test site. And essentially, they can do this within months. Like, like th- there needs to be some kind of congressional legislation to stop this. It, either, like, outright stop it or stop funding for it. Because, of course, they need certain funding to be able to do this. But if they don't, if like Congress doesn't move quickly enough on this, they can literally do this within months. And they don't know, the thing is, they don't know the scope of it or the details. They're just like, oh, it depends on what we want to do. And it's, so it it does depend on like what kind of details they want to collect from the test and what weapon they want to test on how quickly they can do it. But if they test like a low yield nuclear weapon and they want to collect like marginal, you know, kind of data on it, they can move within it. On, like in months. Wow. I, so I, I really don't want to witness it ever. Just be like, so, like, when I'm like old, when I'm like nice, crinkly and old, I'm just be like, when the coronavirus happened, and then, did they a nuclear weapon? Well, why? Don't really know. <laughs> Some bullshit, I think. I feel, I feel like the, uh, the bingo sheet of the 2020 apocalypse is really filling out quite nicely. Um, and they're really hitting us from each side. You know, we had near war, uh, coronavirus, uh, Australia was on fire, Kobe Bryant died, also on the bingo sheet. Um, and so, yeah, they're really now, you know, nukes and stuff. So they're really hitting us from all the angles. Like, well done, 2020. Like, I, th- I didn't see this coming. I think, I think it's just for the crab people. No, nothing. You mean Maryland? 
Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I'm talking about the South Park episode on Take that, Maryland. People. Ah. Oh, that hurts a little bit. But anyway, um, does you got, moving on quickly for no other reason. Um, <laughs> do you uh any last thought any last thoughts on uh nuclear testing or do you, besides that it's wrong we shouldn't do it. I, 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 so so I have a question for Colleen. Sorry. How 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 is there any reason or how likely would it be that if we did blow up part of Nevada, how likely would it be that Russia, China, India, and anybody else wouldn't also test their own nuclear weapons? Or is it kind of assumed that they automatically then would to get their own bargaining chip against the United States? Yeah, absolutely. I think Russia specifically would move to also test um, because we've already accused them of testing and there's no evidence to support that. And then I think also with the new start and open skies, like that's just another kind of feather in their hat and another bargaining chip of like, well, if you continue to new like test your nuclear weapons, if you continue to not extend this treaty, if you continue to pull out of agreements like open skies, we're gonna test. And we've already done all of those and if we nu- if we test nuclear weapons. So like, I think they're going to use that as a bargaining chip. And if they don't get exactly what they want, they are going to start testing nuclear weapons. And then I think with China, I mean, we've accused China of all sorts of things. And they're, of course, building up their military forces and specifically their nuclear weapons. But, I mean, they have 250 nuclear weapons. Like, we have thousands and thousands of nuclear weapons. Like, we have just under 6,000. So, like, they, that would definitely be a bargaining chip for them. And then if China starts to say that they want to test nuclear weapons, then India is going to want to test nuclear weapons, which then is Pakistan, (laughs) literally brings in all of the nuclear armed countries to start testing or at least open the door to start testing. What about Israel? I mean, we can't talk about Israel. (laughs) They don't have nuclear weapons. Of course not. Um, It's like fight, right? Go ahead. I said it's like Fight Club, right? Like you can't acknowledge its existence. If you did, it'd be a whole whole issue. That's something we can talk about. That'd be something interesting to talk about in the future. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I think I don't know that they would test, and only for the reason that from lap from the nuclear policy perspective, more like we want to make it look like Trump is an idiot and be a pariah of the other countries. So like like we're like we're not the crazy guys he is, so we're just not going to do it. We're not going to get good. They're not going to jump drop to our level. Because of petty, because they are just because it's more strategic for them, because they're smarter than that. So maybe that's one reason why I could avoid it. You mean Israel? Oh no, no, no! I'm, not, I'm talking about like Other... like China and Russia. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's I think, possible. I think it's mostly just they'll use that as a bargaining chip. Like they'll yeah. say A, B, and C doesn't happen, then we will resume nuclear testing but i think a lot of it is what the administration is going to be starting in january because i don't have a lot of confidence in the next four years that trump will make a lot of progress on new start or re-enter open skies and so if we don't like do a few things that russia wants us to do then i think we will resume nuclear testing i think that is probably a different conversation if we have biden as president yeah, so here's hoping, I suppose. But anyway, so yeah, um, so open skies. Um, do you want to go into more what it is, Colleen or Sean? Uh, you've covered it a little bit. One of you. 
Yeah, so essentially, <laughs> like, Open Skies Treaty as a concept was proposed by Eisenhower. Like, that's yeah. how old of a concept is. And then it kind of fell off a little bit. And then George H.W. Bush reintroduced it in the 90s. Um, so the U.S. Um, signed it in 92. And then 2002, it entered into force when a... Russia and Belarus um, had to go through the ratification process internally. Um, so it's been, again, it's been a concept for a really long time, has been in force for 18 years, and it just it allows countries to collect data um, by doing flights over each other and essentially just to avoid any kind of military conflict. So it's been pretty pivotal especially between nuclear-armed countries, to avoid any kind of conflict that could escalate uh, to nuclear conflict. And, I mean, it's Russia, the U.S., and it's almost 30 other signatories. So it's a pretty good Go ahead, Sean. Uh, and something I actually, I've seen where uh, Open Skies has kind of come into play, where um, out in Arizona, they have essentially an Air Force base where they have a bunch of old planes that sit out in the desert. And you can go, um, you can go to a nearby nearby museum. We can at least see some of them. And uh, when they were when we were walking around, me and my dad, they had an old B fifty two that used to be able to carry nuclear weapons. And the museum had to cut a twelve foot hole in the top of the roof of the B fifty two in order to show the Russians when they have their satellites that fly over that this is not considered part of our, you know, th this is no longer an active airplane. Besides the fact that it's a museum but that this is not part of our arsenal and it was part of the open skies treaty that hey so we're going to for only people that look at this from above show that this is not a um this is not something that can be used or refitted or somehow disguised uh which i thought was interesting that even out there uh you could see that come into play yeah i think like it's it's I consider it like a good faith kind of thing because like, most technology now we can like monitor pretty well with satellite footage and that kind of stuff, different intelligence uh, activities. But still, it's just like it's just a good faith kind of measure, and like it helps other uh, countries. Like the EU is very upset that we made we made this decision, and I think that they want to. I mean, for them, it's easier for them to use a have a aircraft flyover. They don't have the same like you know infrastructure as we do. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that. I mean, so the, the U.S. has accused Russia of a bunch of violations, and those are completely fair. But the Trump administration's response to all of these is just, let's just leave. So, like, with the INF Treaty, so the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty, we withdrew from last year. Um, again, they accused Russia of violating um, certain restrictions. They also accused us of violating certain restrictions. But the answer shouldn't be to just leave it. And so that's also what they did with Open Skies. They've accused Russia of violating restrictions with New START as well. So just the answer is, like, not to do what they're doing. Yeah, it's it's kind of, it's just, it's a mess. I mean, like, well, INF, like, I've already seen some stuff, like, regarding the repercussions of it. And it's, and it's, it's actually positive in the U.S. like because it's mostly focusing on not like creating like inter, like intermediate like nuclear weapons systems or anything like that, but creating better cruise cruise missile systems, anti ship missiles. They can't like, they basically do like a more contained China strategy in the in the Pacific. But like that's really it. Everything else is still a treaty that's like 
better having than not. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, again, a lot of these accusations like are definitely troublesome and problematic. But I mean, literally since like the 70s, 60s, the answer to having these problems hasn't been like, okay, let's just stop talking. Yeah. I mean, even like Reagan, you know, like as much flack he gets for other things, like he tried to resolve certain issues that we had with Russia. And the answer was to always keep talking and cooperating and see what we can expand upon from various problems we've had in the past. So like, that's why new start like expands upon start one and start two and all of the failures that we had with those treaties. And um, that's speaking of Reagan and then also Eisenhower from before, that's something that's almost ironic of Trump dismantling a lot of the uh, nuclear treaties that we have is that all of or most of them were either originally proposed or uh, negotiated by other Republican presidents. Um, And a lot of like in any history of the Cold War, uh, people talk about Reagan and, uh, you know, Gorby sitting down and making some of these treaties way back when. And that is currently what is being unraveled and, you know, slowly deconstructed. Yeah, it's it's something it's, it's you know, years in the making. And like when it used to be a Soviet Union, now is the Russia Republic. And there's lots of I mean, the Russia Republic is still a lot of shady stuff about it. Putin's who he is and it is what it is. But like, you know, to have to have dialogue is better to have connection and, and like it's like a good faith kind of something matters more than having just nothing. Just be like, we know we just shouldn't talk at all anymore because I'm sure that'll end well for Western Europe. Or actually for Eastern well, Europe first. Well, and, and even from like a negotiation standpoint, like if you pull out, like that's what you threaten to do as you're negotiating something better. Never like well. don't shoot the hostage and then demand a ransom. Like if you're, if you want a better treaty, that's what you threaten to do. Or like, but Right now, it seems like they're just saying, all right, we're just going to straight pull out now and, you know, fight me. Colleen? I know there was kind of a similar reasoning for the Iran deal withdrawal as well. Essentially, Trump was only like, was like, this only is in effect for like 10 years, so we need to make it longer. But then he withdrew, so it's like 10 is greater than zero. (laughs) So like, let's stay in it. And there were certainly some problems that we can resolve with it. So stay in the treaty and resolve those issues over the next few years until it expires. Like, it's a very simple negotiation strategy. Or or even to use the Iran deal as an example, like, not to, we're talking about nukes and stuff, so this is close enough. But imagine if we got the Iran deal for North Korea, meaning we can go in there and inspect sites, not all of them, but, you know, the, the level of access that we had, if Trump had gotten that deal with North Korea, he would have very justly been proclaimed the greatest international negotiator of you know the past 20 years uh and that as much as i would have hated to say it and i don't and i'm not so ryan don't don't you give me another label because i hate when you do that i'm just gonna edit edit this in a certain way (laughs) like sean loves trump greatest negotiator of all (laughs) i've made a mistake yeah, I've made stuff. so many mistakes. I'm, anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm just drunk on power in Florida, man. You are the Florida man. It's an 8% beer that I think you just finished. Yeah. It's really smooth. And there's no way you weren't drinking before this anyway, so. Yeah. I had a, yeah, I had a DC brow corruption before. 
Yeah, this is actually an intervention. Are you okay? I mean, obviously not emotionally, but like here we it's a are. Silly question. I <laughs> yeah, uh, I yeah. know, crazy. But anyway, <laughs> so, I mean, do we want to? I mean, that's all well and good. Do we want to talk about the main reason, like at least the prescribed main reason for why we've been pulling all the trees because of China? Because they want them to do a trilateral thing rather than. Yeah, so that's essentially the reasoning for withdrawal from INF and the lack of commitment to new start is because Trump wants to bring China in supposedly. And I think that's a really great goal because I think China should be included in arms control agreements. But even just looking at the relationship between China, Russia, and the U.S. and just the dynamic of that relationship, it's not going to be easy to bring China in. First of all, China has explicitly said that they will not be a part of New START. Like, they've already said, like, we're not going to be a part of this. We don't want this. Um, but Trump insists on it. And again, I think it's a good goal. And I think we should be engaging China in trilateral or bilateral talks. But the first step is to extend this treaty longer because it's our only, literally our only guardrail left on U.S.-Russia uh, disarmament. And so we should, like, pursue those talks simultaneously. But I personally think it's just a ruse to pull out of any kind of treaty and that we're not actually committed to talking with China about arms control based on everything that's happened. Well, yeah, because like, like, like everything you just said, China's like not interested in the ways we present it, maybe in a bilateral way or something like that, but it still would be so different because like, like I think, I don't know if you said during this episode, at least we've talked again most of times, like how small the China arsenal really is. But then you look at their missile systems, their anti-ship stuff, their long, like long-range missiles are just outrageous. They, they outrank us heavily. The best. The best in the world, pretty much, yeah. I mean, well, now if INF gone, I think in a couple of years we'll be back. <laughs> anyway, calling yeah. So, like, how do you even start to negotiate on, like, levels with that? Because... Like when China only has about 250 nuclear weapons and the U.S. and Russia have around 6,000, like are we bringing China or are we bringing the U.S. and Russia down to those levels? Um, like you know, depending on the type of weapon system. But then like New Start is also like very specific kind of weapon systems, and are are we bringing U.S. and Russia down to China's levels? Like there's so many like points of negotiation that aren't clear cut that it's going to take literally years. Like I, I was saying before a little bit on um, Obama came into office in 2009 and essentially that was like a deadline by like 2010. Yeah. RIP Miss Obama, baby come back. Um, no, he can't. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> he's done his time. He was, he did, he did a good job, but he's done his time. He's out. Oh my God, Ryan said that. I never thought he didn't. I, I disagree on a lot of the policies he made and decisions he made, but he was overall a good president. I'm not, a, I'm not okay. an asshole. Sure. I am an asshole. Uh, I'm just not. I'm not an idiot. Uh, <laughs> Colleen, you were giving Obama's eulogy. Please continue. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, he came into office and he moved on a on new start literally within months. I mean, that was negotiated pretty quickly for an arms control agreement with Russia. And we had already so many things to start with that it was a lot easier than pursuing a whole new trilateral U.S.-China-Russia treaty that, I mean, that's literally going to take years to do. Like, we cannot do that 
before February 2021 or before August 2021 or even within a year after that. Yeah, I mean, the, the, it's why the big thing with history arms treaties is that it transcends parties, it transcends presidencies, it kind of goes, you know, like, like, okay, we made some gains this year, these couple years, now it's on you to kind of help finish the d- deal, or, or, or someone who did it before, so it's like, it matters, especially if this big of a thing, it matters so much, but then now we're just kind of like, no, it has to have my name on it, I have to be the king leader, blah, 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 it, it's what it is. Well, that goes to the old saying of, uh, you know, foreign policy knows no party, which is now completely dead and has been, like, hit with a shovel. But... Twice. Like, it's a... Twice. Several... A lot. Like, a really (laughs) big shovel, guys. Um, And that's what this podcast is about. How big is that shovel? But, um, like, here's hoping that at least, especially when it comes to, hey, we're going to nuke a United States, uh, you know, state, that if... Uh, that at least the Congress does take action on it, because I, I feel like, if anything, this could be something that the parties might have a rare, like, unifying voice with, and it would then take something to override a presidential veto about it. Um, yeah, I mean, now, how likely that is, who knows? That was really loud. <laughs> I heard myself, and I was, like, I was yelling. But <laughs> Skype is great, guys. Um yeah, I mean, that's the huge thing is, like, the parties are more divided than ever have been. But, like, I think, like, you get the moderates on each side be like, okay, let's talk about some stuff. And, like, let's let's get on this thing of let's not have nuclear testing in the U.S. because it's stupid. <laughs> it's like, we don't need it. There's no reason for it. It's not, like, it's not a big fucking firework. I mean, it's not like that because those are awesome. But, like, nuclear weapons detonating in the United States is like, let's... let's <laughs> It's like the last, yeah. So the last time we did it, I was four years old. So it's just like it, or some of you weren't born. Actually, all of you weren't born except I was. And oh god, it's all coming in the darkness. <laughs> you old fart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think. Go ahead, Colleen. No, I like I said earlier. I think it's literally just a big dick move. Just like. Trump being like, look at the weapons I have. Look at the mushroom cloud I could cause. And that's fucked up. It's like, you better better capitulate to our demands or or else we'll nuke you. Essentially, yeah. It's just like, oh, oh, it's like that. Okay. Oh, we're saying it to our allies, too. All right, cool. Or like, we're going to leave them to the Russian aggression. Okay, cool. They have no hope. But we are coming down to the end. So, any final thoughts, opinions, catch catchphrases? If we have to nuclear test, make it Maryland. Um, Nevada has hey, you're had break, it. You're breaking up, Sean. Recently. Yeah, you're, you're breaking up when you said <laughs> that. Um, it's it's good timing. Go ahead, Sean. Repeat what you said. You you heretic piece of garbage. Uh, nuke the crab people, and you know who you are. Okay. Uh, Colleen, do you have something better to say than that? <laughs> Please don't nuke anybody. <laughs> um, do you have something besides that, or are you done? You good? I think we're losing Sean. He's just in and out, so I want to... I, ju- I just want to provide him a chance to say the things he wanted to say, if he wants to say anything. No, Sean's done. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. No, I mean, like, 
they can't, the Trump administration can't like truly say they're committed to arms control and nuclear risk reduction after all these announcements. Like even if nothing actually comes to fruition with like nuclear testing, just like the message that's sending to Russia and China. And then after that, um, like, I don't know why Russia would take us seriously when we make any announcements about New START. Um, and yeah, so they're just, they're in the interest of just causing nuclear chaos, right? So I, I just don't know why we would take anything the Trump administration says seriously with any kind of arms control or risk reduction efforts. So yeah, it's just a stupid move. Yeah. And even just announce, like even if nothing, like I said, comes to fruition, it's just dumb and strategic. Yeah, in a strategic sense, it is uh, stupid. But it's like a Marshall Billingsley. He, I got a quote from him. Mm-hmm. Guarding an arms race. If we have to, we will win, but we will we would like to avoid it. It's like, that's not the right, that's not, no, it's not how you go about this. In the same sentence, he said, we know how to spend the adversary into oblivion. So essentially, oh. <laughs> like, yeah, so it was like in that same announcement, he was like, we want, and then after that, he said, we want to avoid that. But if we can't, then we will do this. So, yeah, we're very prepared to spend a fuck ton of money for <laughs> testing and for modernization. And, like, he says that we want to avoid it, but all of the actions lead to, be- like, believe otherwise. Yeah, so blatant like, Cool. Sean, do you have something? I feel like that is a strategy back when, like, the Soviet Union was about to collapse from, you know, it... it it was a us versus the Soviets type thing, not a, oh yeah, so we don't really have But, like, I feel like that doesn't really apply anymore, to be honest. Like, you know, we're, it's not like the country going through a pandemic is exactly in a great financial position at the moment. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, we are out of time, and that was almost diplomatic. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Nothing, Sean? No last uh, word. No, yeah. no, no bye yeah, or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs>